Hey everybody, you're listening to the Legacy Church Podcast. Legacy Church is a multi-generational church that exists to worship God, become like Jesus, and bring hope to our community. Today, we're sharing a message from our current series. We believe that the Word of God is powerful and has real-life application to our lives today. We hope that this message encourages you. Get connected and learn more about us by visiting our website at lgcy.church. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us for Christmas at Legacy Church. If you don't know me, my name is Matt Shuttlesworth, and my wife and I, Rachel, are the senior pastors here, and we're so excited to have you this morning. Now, I understand there are many places you can be. I understand that dinners are now becoming a big thing every weekend and every week and Christmas parties and all that. I know that there's other places that you could be today, but I'm so thankful that we could come and gather around the good news of the gospel to reflect and celebrate what God did by sending Jesus. Now, there's a phrase that we all hear around this time. There's a song that we tend to sing around this time, that it's the most wonderful time of the year. Come on, we're already starting to sing it. You already are singing it in your head. I'm going to read some lyrics because I think we need to be reminded. Linda's just going to keep playing, so it might not match up, but that's fine. It's the most wonderful time of the year with the kids jingle belling and everyone telling you'll be of good cheer. Everybody say good cheer. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's the hap, happiest season of all. With those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings, when friends come to call, it's the hap, happiest season of all. Are you happy this morning? There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting. I never got into that tradition. That's usually around a campfire and caroling out in the snow. There'll be scary ghost stories and tales of glories of Christmas long, long ago. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Now, I love Andy Williams and I love classic Christmas songs, but can I tell you something? Andy Williams did not experience the last three years. Andy Williams does not know my family. So when you put it in our context, our tune begins to change a little bit. And so maybe it'll start to sound something like this. It's the most horrible time of the year. With relatives fighting, oh boy, it's exciting and lousy to hear. It's the most horrible time of the year. It's the most sickening season of all. The pickpockets, shoplifting, and money drifting to all the shopping malls. It's the most sickening season of all. My employer's all scroogey. My family stoogey. And carolers singing out of tune. It's the most horrible time of the year. Shopping malls are a killer. It's the same old thriller. Migraines are severe. It's the most horrible time of the year. See, it's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year. Unless it's been a hard year. 
It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year unless you've lost someone. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year unless your job situation has changed and it's not the greatest. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but your kids have been sick. You haven't been to church in two months. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but you got no family left to celebrate with. It's supposed to be the most wonderful time of the year, but you get diagnosed with a sickness or a disease. See, all of us have different stories. We all have different situations that we are currently in. But what I've begun to understand and what I begin to realize that this tends to be the most anxiety-ridden season of the year. This tends to be the most stressed-out season of the year. This tends to be the most worried season of the year. It tends to be the most fearful season of the year. Statistics read that 68, 60, or sorry, 88% of people feel more stressed out in this season than any other time of the year. 88%. It can be a stressful time. This is a fun one. 56% of people struggle to get through the holiday dinners with their crazy uncle. 56 have to bite their lip through this season. 85% of us overeat during this month. And then we regret it when we set our New Year's resolution and we go to the gym three times and we said we're gonna get in the best shape of our lives. But today, can we rally around the story of Christmas? Can we bring us back to the story that makes it the most wonderful time of the year? where true joy comes in the flesh. Today I'm going to be reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Come on, say that to yourself right now. Don't be afraid. For I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth peace to those whom his favor rests see the whole origin story of christmas is one of great joy somebody say great joy come on it's one of great joy maybe you're stressed out maybe you're anxious maybe you're wondering how you're going to put presents under the tree this year maybe you're worried maybe you're even fearful i don't know but can I tell you this story of Christmas is one of great joy, one that we need to rally behind, one that we need to remember. It says, do not be afraid, for I bring you good news that will cause great joy. Come on, does anybody need some joy this morning? Great joy for all people. That word 
great joy, if you look at it in the Greek, could be translated mega joy. Say mega joy. Another translation could be monster joy. Come on. We all need some joy in this season. The angel says that I have come with mega joy for you. Monster joy for you. God goes on to announce over our lives that he has mega joy for us. See, when we look at the word joy, it shows up over 2,700 times all throughout the Bible. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to give you something. He wants to give you this joy. Christmas isn't about getting information about joy, but about getting impartation of joy. Come on, we need an impartation of joy in this season. God doesn't just want to tell you about it, but he wants to impart something in your soul today. We say, how do I get it? How do I get the mega joy that you're talking about? Do I have to buy a lottery ticket? No. How do you get the mega joy? I'm going to give you three simple things today. I don't intend to be very long. Three simple things today if you're reading or if you're taking notes. The text tells us this. The first one is to receive the invitation. Say, receive the invitation. If you look at the shepherds, they're all out in the field and the angels end up showing up and they say, fear not, for we bring you good news of great joy for just you. No, it says to all people, to everyone, we bring news of great joy. The good news of Jesus' birth is not just for the faithful few. The good news of Jesus' birth is for all people. Whatever and wherever, there's an invitation for this joy. Now, if you look at the shepherds in this time, they're the lowest form in the society. The shepherds, they were out in the field. They're dirty. They probably stink like sheep dung. They were unclean. And in this time, they couldn't get close to the temple. They weren't allowed to come close to the temple. So isn't it amazing that the first group of people that this news was delivered to was the ones who were down and out, the ones who were dirty, the ones who people overlooked, the ones who are seen by society as the bottom of the ladder. You say, well, what is this? This is an announcement. It's an announcement that God came to get to people that are on the outside. Those who are down and out, those who people may overlook. Those who are far from him. He came to get people that others would write off. He came for the shepherds. He came for the outsiders. If you want this joy, we must receive this invitation. That there is good news for all people. Like any invitation, just because an invitation comes to your house, there is still something that you must do in order for it to be what it needed to be. You must receive it and you must respond. John 3.16 says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave His one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life if it's an invitation that you must receive today God sent his son for whoever 
Number two is this. Join the celebration. Join the celebration. This is a season to celebrate Christ's birth. Luke 2, 9, as we read earlier, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and he said, Glory of the Lord shone around them. In this moment, all of the angels began to sing. Essentially, there was a choir in the sky. You say, why? Because in this time, when a baby was born, musicians would show up to celebrate with the playing of music, which is what we just experienced. But when they got to Bethlehem, there was no room for them. There was no room in the inn. There wasn't even any room in this moment, but he was born in a stable. He was born in a stall. See, I love our God because sometimes we can feel forgotten. But even in the moments where there was no room, a choir still appeared. Even in the room where there was no musicians and there was no room for them, he was able to celebrate by sending a choir of angels. Many times we feel like we are forgotten, but God says, I have not forgotten you. I have not forgotten you. He didn't get the earthly musicians that everyone else would get, but he got something so much greater. He got a choir in the sky. This invitation is for each and every one of us to join in that celebration. When we look at Job 38, it says, Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me, if you understand who marked off its dimensions, surely you know who stretched a measuring line across it. On what were its footings set of who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted of joy or, or joy. See, God in this moment is questioning Job. You weren't there when I made the heavens and the earth. But when I did make the world, all of the angels began to sing. When God sent his son, the choir shows up in this moment to celebrate. Can I tell you something? Mega joy starts when you start rejoicing. Mega joy starts when you start rejoicing. When you say, I don't feel like rejoicing. If anybody doesn't feel like rejoicing, it's my wife and I. But can I tell you something? Rejoicing is different. Rejoicing is not waiting to be happy. It's making a decision that despite what I'm going through, despite my current situation, my joy is in the Lord. Despite what I'm walking through, despite what someone may say, my joy is in the Lord. It's making a decision that despite what I'm going through, I'm going to join the choir of heaven and I'm going to celebrate. Joy is a choice, not a feeling. Come on, let me shift your thinking for a moment because joy is a choice. Early Christian communities were known for being full of joy even when they were being persecuted. Acts 13 says, The word of the Lord spread throughout the region, but the Jewish leaders incited the God-fearing women of high standing and the leading men of the city. They stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from the region. So they shook the dust off their feet as a warning to them. And they went to Iconium and the disciples were filled with joy with the Holy 
spirit. Paul in this moment was sitting in a dirty Roman prison and he said he had chosen joy. See, some of us in this season, we need to choose joy. Even as he was going through and even as he was being persecuted, you say, well, that's, that's denial. It wasn't denial. Paul often expressed his grief in hardship or missing loved ones or losing friends, but he called it being sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. As he acknowledges his pain and also made the choice to trust Jesus, that his loss wouldn't be the final word. I can think about this in my own life. It would be easy for me to be sorrowful. As a few months ago, the doctor said, my wife has cancer. It could be easy for me to, to come up here in pain. It could be easy for me to not lift my hands and worship in the midst of what I'm walking through. It could be easy for us to not come to church and just say, I don't feel like it today. But joy is not based on feelings. Joy is a choice. And when I come and when I lift my hands to my God, when I raise my voice, when I don't feel like I have anything to give, Joy is a choice that I've decided that today I will walk in joy in the midst of my circumstance. That today I will walk in joy through what the doctors say. That today I will walk in joy. I'm going to choose to thank God for what he's done and what he will continue to do. Because in this moment, a savior is born. There was an old song that I grew up singing. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. Some of us need to sing that song again. Because when you look back at your life, when you look back that you still get another breath to breathe today. When you look back that you got another day to be alive, that you got, regardless of your situation, you got another day to come in contact with someone and to encourage them that there is a God that loves them, that there is hope on the other side, that they don't have to live in fear, that they don't have to live in anxiety. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. Come on, some of us have forgotten what he's done for us. Some of us have forgotten what he brought us through. And we need to look back and say, I get joy when I think about what he's done. For me, the joy the Bible talks about isn't full of smiles and optimism. The type of joy you and I are called to is more than just a happy mood. It's a choice to trust God, that he will fulfill every promise, that he will fulfill everything the Bible says. It's a choice to focus on him in the midst of reality and everything else that we're going through. Luke 2, 12, you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Here's what's so interesting. In a few weeks, as we unwrap presents under the tree, as we unwrap the gifts that we have given to family and friends, and it's so interesting that in this moment, the greatest gift 
that ever could be was wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. The greatest gift that has ever been given, which leads us to the last thing, which is this, number three, experience the transformation. Experience the transformation. See, what's so interesting about this story is that the baby changes everything. This little baby was a savior for all. That he would become the savior for all. See, we can look at our situation and say, I need more money. And he could have sent an entrepreneur, he could have sent a business coach, but he didn't. We can look and say, we need more law and order. And he could have sent a police officer or he could have sent a judge. We can look and say, well, I need a husband. God, it's been too long. And he could have sent a spouse, but he didn't. He sent a savior for all. When God looked down upon humanity, he said, I'm going to send my one and only son. He sent Jesus, his son, to save us, all of us. This should excite us because we don't need tips in our life to make our life better. We don't need principle. We need a savior. We need a savior. I need a savior, someone to rescue me through my pain, someone to rescue me through my sickness, someone to rescue me in the sin of our lives. He sent Jesus, a baby, born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes, who came in the form of a little baby. He came in this form to recognize and to understand the pains, the hurdles, and the hangups that we all are going through. He has walked in our shoes, so he gets us. He gets what we're going through. He gets what we're experiencing. He gets what we're living through. See, I need a real God who sent a real baby to bring hope to this world. You say, well, what has God done for me? What has he done for me? Nothing worked out the way that it was supposed to. Nothing worked out the way that I had planned for it to. What has God done for me? Like I said, if you're still here today, if you're still breathing today, if you're still able to lift your hands today, if you're still able to open your mouth and sing his praises, he's not done with you. He still has more for you. You have another breath to breathe. You have another day to live. You have another song to sing and to lift your praises. You have moments where weights have weighed you down, but you say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free because he brought me freedom. I'm free because he broke the chains of bondage. I'm free because he broke the chains of addiction. I'm free because he gave me a new life. I'm free. And because of that, we need to have joy because we'd have another day. Because he gave it all for you. See, Jesus Christ lived the life that I should have lived and he died the way that I should have died. And God became flesh and bone. So the weight of my sin and shame didn't take me out. 
And I'm here to tell you that today. Come on, we need some mega joy. Mega joy in our life. Come on, this is good news. That he came and he brought us good news. In the midst of a situation, in the midst of the pain, we have good news to hold on to. It's so easy to think our problems are so big. And I've maybe said this before, but I was just in a plane this week and I began to look down and you see tiny little lights and you see tiny little houses and neighborhoods. And to me, I was reminded, your problems can seem so big, but from my perspective, your problems are so small. And I'm here to tell you today that your problems, whatever you're walking through, whatever you're feeling, whatever you're going through, to God, your problems are so small because he is such a big God and he wants to know you and he wants to love you and he wants to bring great mega joy. Can I pray with you today? God, we just thank you. We thank you that you sent your son, Jesus, to earth to live for us, to die for us, so that we could have new life, that we could have new birth. So God, I just thank you. Maybe you're here this morning and maybe this is your first time to church. Maybe you haven't been to church before. You say, this God that you're talking about, I, I don't know him. With all our heads bowed and all of our eyes closed, if you're here this morning, you say, I want to know this mega joy. I want to know this God that you're talking about. If that's you, we're going to say a prayer in just a few moments. And if you would like to invite God into your heart, just raise your hand in this moment. No one's looking around. If that's you, just lift your hand. God is proud of you. You made it here today. You got another breath to breathe. You got another life to live. If that's you and you want to invite him into your heart, you say, maybe I've walked away from God and someone forced me to come today. But something in this morning, something in this message really hit your heart, really hit you on the inside and you're feeling this weird fit. Come on, that's Jesus. If that's you, just raise your hand. Say, I want to re recommit my life to him. Thanks for listening. To hear more, subscribe to this podcast and connect with us on our website at lgcy.church.